Welcome to Maker Skills, exploring your internal toolkit with PJ, Tanda, and Tom. Welcome back, everyone, for episode 25. Hammering is our skill topic today. You know, um, there's there's not much uh, we can say about hammering, but we're we're going to stretch it out for at least four hours because you guys deserve it. But before we get to that, Tanda. What class is hammering? Hammer using a skill class so uh, one point five. Yeah, bar to entry is very low. Um, you know, it's kids hammer everything. You know, even if they don't have a hammer, they'll they'll turn something into a hammer. So you know, they're it's anybody could do it. You know, moving right along. Let's get this out of the way, Tom. I know you didn't do any research, but what do you, what do you got to say? You got nothing? No, I got nothing. Yeah. No, I I want to raise a a point though. It has been said before that the lathe is the only machine that can make itself, and I disagree completely. I think I don't think a lathe can make a leather belt to run the lathe, so that's just point one. But a hammer, a hammer is the only tool that can actually make itself. Oh, there you go. The infallible logic, Tom. Thank you. That's uh, that's very true. It's very true. Uh, yep. Also, do you know what kind of hammers they used in the Stone Age? Stone. I don't think so. I think they just used rocks. I don't think they actually made like a hammer. They were just like mm, rock, bang. That's it. Yeah. I don't think I don't think hammers exist until at least the Bronze Age. And you know what they use then? Rocks. String. Well, rocks. Pro- probably bronze. I mean, I would have gone with bronze if I were you guys, oh, but wow. it's just a guess. It's just a guess. They they used bronze to make stone hammers. Right. Right. You got it. That part I knew. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Hey Tanda, hey Tanda, before um, <clears throat> before PJ reads a list of three hundred superstitions about hammer hammers, why don't you tell us what you found out? Well, you know, I looked up uh, the history of hammers and the history of hammering. I looked up MC Hammer. Um, hmm. Yeah, I looked up uh, I looked up LeMay. I looked up power hammers, steam hammers, trip hammers. What's a trip hammer? And and then I got tired, and then I got tired, and I I stopped stopped looking so I, I i didn't find anything oh a trip hammer first google of the day trip hammer that's very cool tom master googler is that the, is that the hammer is that the kind that you put next to a ladder when you know you know someone's coming yes yep that's the one okay well <clears throat> tom spoiled my surprise i found 400 superstitions on hammers <laughs> <laughs> and uh I'm going to read every single one of them. I'm ready. I brought a pizza tonight. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just waiting okay. for the popcorn to finish. Strap yourself in. Just mute the popcorn popping out of the podcast. You'll be fine. All right. All right. Are you strapped into your, your wheelchair, Tom? Oh, let me get my seatbelt. Hold on. I don't want to, I don't goes. want you to fall right. out. This, this could. Nope. All right. All right. He looks ready. All right. I heard the click. That's. Here it goes. All right. So. To find a hammer means that one will have luck and long life. <laughs> you now, really found some. Oh, yeah. I found a page of superstitions for hammers. Uh, I, I have to assume that this means that you just randomly find a hammer, not you go into your workshop and find a hammer. I'm, I'm guessing this is like you're just walking down the road and there's just like a hammer there. That Then then you're going to have luck and, and long life. What if, what if you find like a little giant? I mean, you could... You could live forever. Yeah, does the size of hammer matter? You know, it doesn't really specify. I'm sure if you found a little giant, maybe you would have a 
Giant Luck? I'm not Mm -hmm. sure. Could be. It's possible. I'm going to Google Giant Luck. What's your next one? All right, so the next one is to hammer one's finger means that you'll be unlucky in love. I kind of feel like this is a precursor for like every little kid that's ever hit their hammer. That would explain a lot of the divorces that uh, mm-hmm. this 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 uh, man. That's that one. That makes, one's plausible. Yeah, I agree with you. That's plausible. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, the next one is touching a hammer used by someone means that you need to hold your breath to prevent bad luck. If if you touch the hammer that's used by someone. So I guess that means unless you're buying it brand new at the store, you can't ever touch somebody else's hammer. That or unless you hold your breath. Unless you hold your breath to prevent bad luck. Yeah, but somebody at the hammer factory tests every hammer, right? That's how the hammers are made. I, I'm not. They test I don't every know. hammer. I, I I would assume that robots are testing them now, but maybe back then, uh, purple person. Do you, you think know. they really test hammers? Yeah, every single one of them. You think there's like a QC person that like drives drive, drives some nails? <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. His name is Jerry. I sit at the end Danny of the line. He... I drive nails. <laughs> I mean, haven't you ever seen those stickers that this this hammer has hit five nails? Proved quality check by number four hundred three. It's my dream job. To protect against illness, place a hammer outside in hay. Where am I going to find hay? That that sounds like a really good way to mess up the knives on your baler. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I th- that might actually cause some illness if you mess up your baler, and that might make somebody sick. A hammer placed on the windowsill will prevent bad spirits from entering. <laughs> spirits don't like to do hard work i guess i i don't i don't know uh, how else to take that see that one's that's a twofer because you place the hammer on the windowsill keeps the spirits out you forget all about it and then later you find it and you have good luck possibly we're, we're, we're still not sure on that whole good luck thing sounds like a good place to forget your hammer and then not have it when you need it i bet there's a tape measure on that windowsill too just saying All right, this one's going to throw you for a loop. If you cut wood with a hammer, this will mean that a child will soon be born. I'm fairly positive you cut wood with an axe. I thought that was just the strangest euphemism I'd ever heard for something else. (laughs) Oh. Uh, All right, but... Yeah, uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I I haven't heard that. I'm pretty sure a child is born about every eight seconds in this world, so... That's plausible. I've I've never heard it as cutting the wood. That's that's um. I mean, there there might have been some other action with some wood, but not with a hammer. I mean, uh, uh, let's move on to the next hey, one. You know what? I don't want to judge anybody. Let's just go to the next one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, using a hammer on a roof will bring great luck. I guess that's that's better than good luck. Uh, and giant luck. Apparently, I mean, I. Maybe roofers need that kind of luck because they always have the potential of falling off. I'm not, I'm not sure. Mm. Dropping a hammer means that demons will be close. Toss the hammer over your left shoulder to remove these demons. That's how Jerry died. I'm I'm almost positive that, yeah, you, you toss a hammer over your left shoulder, the, it's going to hit somebody in the face. That's uh do you <laughs> but it but if you're a roofer and you toss a hammer over your left shoulder it's possible it'll knock somebody out before they walk under your ladder. 
thus sparing them any bad luck. Did you do you remember do you remember uh Essential Craftsman telling a story about a guy in a nail gun doing framing? No. He was teaching two different tricks you that they commonly do with their nail gun, and one is they would uh like zip tie the trigger so that they could hold it by the bottom of the nail rack hmm. and and they could get like an extra foot of reach and they could just slap the hammer and and put a nail in up higher. And then the other trick was you can um, throw your nail gun up over, you know, the the wall that you're working on, climb up the ladder, and then retrieve your nail gun. And he said one time this guy was implementing both of these tricks at the same time. Uh-oh. Oh, and he threw it up. He threw it up over over the wall, and it came down, and it nailed his <laughs> to his thigh. Oh. Oh. Yeah, that's uh, sorry. Uh, throw don't throw your hammers, people. I don't care what kind of luck it gives you. I can I can remember uh, tying a string onto the foot of a nail gun, and then just uh, you know like pow, 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 you know using it as a as an implement to just shoot nails up into the air. That's awesome. As a as a child, because that's the sort of toys we had. <laughs> I'm gonna go out on a on a limb here and say um, anything that uh, releases projectiles should not be thrown. Just, just uh, you know, food for thought out there. Hmm. I'm going to think of something that debunks what you just said. But go ahead. What's your next one? Yeah, definitely. Tanks come to mind. Yeah, yeah definitely. Don't, don't, don't throw it. Yeah, any kind of artillery. You shouldn't be throwing it. Don't throw a tank. That's definitely bad. They throw luck. tanks out of planes. Tanks out of planes. They shouldn't do that. They shouldn't do that. Yeah, and then and then wars happen. Yeah, that's that's my point. You know, you throw a tank out of a plane, then wars are just everywhere. Yeah, it's bad. I feel like the war comes before, and then that's just semantics. The tank Tom. is a response. Oh, okay, you're right. All right, uh, it's bad luck to buy a hammer. Always get one given as a gift. <laughs> that you have to uh, hold your breath for, Tom. Uh, you know, I could I could really use a hammer. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I'm wondering. Like, if you need a hammer, you need a hammer. You're like, um, hey, hey, Susan, you know, um, you know, my birthday is like four months away, but it'd be really nice if you picked up a hammer for me on the way home from work. Just, uh, just, just putting it out there, you know. <laughs> I was thinking about getting you a picture, but I realized I couldn't hang it up, and so I was yeah. wondering. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got you a hammer this year, so next year I can buy you a picture. <laughs> mm. All right. Uh, to hear the sound of a hammer at dawn means great luck will be yours. There's a lot of these have to do with luck. There's a lot of luckiness with hammers. I don't. I've never heard of lucky hammers. That's. I don't know. If a wood hammer comes into the home, it is a sign of death to the household. This is known as the wooden hammer and sometimes considered a devil's tool. It is under the protection of bad spirits. I got nothing. <sighs> the, the evil, evil mallet. Yeah. What, what, so, okay, so yeah, so a wood hammer is a mallet, and apparently all wood mallets brought into the house are protected by bad spirits. I've never heard of bad spirits protecting anything. Usually they do the opposite. Does my garage count? Is the garage in the house? I mean... It's under the house. Technically, that's in the house. Well, it's been nice knowing you both. Yeah, you're probably swimming in bad spirits, man. That's uh, although I, I have to say, it's it doesn't say evil spirits; it just says bad spirits. So maybe these are just kind of like 
ill-tempered. You know, they just had an off day. Like Bad Moms. Good movie. Yeah, something like that. Um, All right. So it's, it's, not, it's not terrible. And then the last one we have here is, it is a good omen if the hammer is carried in the left hand. Otherwise, there will be some bad luck that will be awaiting you. <sighs> Why? Why does it matter what hand you're carrying a hammer in? Well, because you don't want bad luck. Well, what if what if you don't know that? Yeah, you should know these things. That's that's why we have this public service at the beginning of the podcast. Right. That's that's very true. I, I can't argue that. I can't argue that at all. This used to be the history section. Now it's the PSA. I don't. I don't see a difference. Me neither. Clearly, history repeats itself. <laughs> Only if you keep going. You've just entered the dealer's corner where bargains are currency. Prepare yourself. All right. The, the, the junk gods have favored us, and it seems like things are starting to pick up again. Um, Tom has a massive deal to tell us about. I've got a tiny deal, uh, which I'm going to give just super quick. Uh, I found a Walker Turner drill press that was $60.00. I asked the guy, is a benchtop model. I said, would you take 50? He said, yep. So it happened to be in Binghamton. And I knew I didn't want to drive all the way up there. So I sent CMAP Make a message. And I said, hey, would you be able to pick up this drill press? It's in Binghamton. And he's like, yeah, sure, no problem. And I'm like, all right, here's the guy's phone number. Give him a call. And this was in the morning. And so then, like, I, I, let's say it was like 9 o'clock, maybe 8 o'clock, somewhere around there. 5.30, the guy sends me a message and he goes, um, do you know if your friend is, is coming to pick that up anytime soon? And I'm like, he hasn't called you? And he's like, I, I haven't heard anything. So then I immediately text Matt. And I said, Matt, could you please give the guy a call? He's, he's waiting on you all day. He goes, man, I called him five times. Every time I call, it's a busy signal. And I said, try calling him now. So he calls now and he's like, yeah, it's still a busy signal. And I'm like, hold on a second. So I text the guy and I'm like, um, is there any chance you gave me the wrong number? Because my friend's been calling you all day and is getting a busy signal. And he says, it's my cell phone. Here it is. And he sends it again. And it's off by one digit. He had sent me like the last two digits were 18 in the first number. It was 19 in the next number. So I'm like, ah, yeah, this is a different phone number. So then I, of course, give it to Matt and uh, he calls the guy. And of course, the guy picks up with the right phone number. And as luck would have it, the drill press was like three minutes away from where Matt worked, and he was just getting off of work. So he literally left work and then picked it up like 10 minutes later. So, and, um, and, awesome. and yeah, so, you know, short story. And Matt's going to keep it up there. He, I always find something that he wants. So when I have something that he wants to pick up down here, he'll just bring it down here. So otherwise, it's, it's going to stay up there in his uh, storage unit for little vacation time until you know makes its way down to Pennsylvania that's all I've got man that was that was my uh, my story for the week Tom I know I know you got something yep. good for us I do I and I have a title for this one PJ you'd be proud it's called the most expensive $50 mill and uh, this started maybe Friday I really don't remember I think Friday I I messaged a guy on Facebook marketplace I think it was listed for 14 minutes on Facebook marketplace and I said I'll take it when can I get it? And he responded, which is like the ultimate when that deal happens. And oh, yeah. You send a message as quickly as humanly possible and they actually respond. So I said, uh, I'll send you 20 bucks 
like Venmo or Zelle right now to like hold my name. And I did. And like worst case, you lose 20 bucks. Best case, you get a $50 mill. So it was best case, but there's more. I went to Harbor Freight that day to buy a $350 winch to weld to my, the blacksmith, Woodbury blacksmith. He has a trailer. So I was like, I'll buy the winch. I'll weld it to his trailer. I'll borrow my buddy John's truck to drive the borrowed trailer an hour away to Port Chester, New York. And that's exactly what happened. So the, the driveway was like eight feet wide and the trailer I think was nine feet wide. (laughs) All right. Maybe it was seven and a half feet wide, but there was like three inches of space on either side. So I backed this thing in. Mind you, I have never driven a trailer before ever in my life. So I'm backing this thing in on a Westchester road. I think it's Westchester over there. Like there are cars lining the street. You can't park a car on both sides of the street because the street's not wide enough. And I backed this thing in like two corrections. It was beautiful. Wow. And I can't get it back far enough. Like the, the driveway opens up behind the house, but I can't make a turn because I'm just pinned in. I had to climb out of the truck through the passenger side because there was no room. So the mill is like 30 feet still from the uh, trailer. And fortunately, the winch is very long. So we wrapped the winch around the, the mill and put put down pipes and we just did like the Egyptian thing where you just keep alternating the pipes and pushing and dragging and winching the mill until it got to the to the gate. And now this is a lawn uh lawn, like a lawn service trailer, so it's got that big four foot netted metal net gate. And it's plenty strong, but it's damaged, it's got some problems, some of the netting is broken away. And we finally get it we get the lip of the mill on the gate and we start to winch it off the pipes and the mill gets caught on one of the bars where the netting is welded to. And all that's there is the little knob of weld where the net used to be. And I go, you know what? Just give it a little more. I'm talking to somebody operating the winch and it breaks away the weld. No problem. I'm like, good, we're good. Let's keep going. There's like eight more of these little knobs. And sure enough, the second one, the mill kind of rears up in the wrong direction. He releases the winch to not releases, but reverses the winch. And as it's reversing, the entire winch rips off of the trailer and goes flying about 10 feet. Now, 10 feet doesn't sound that dramatic, but it's like a 90, 80, 90 pound winch with the metal attached to it. So there's no way we're getting this mill now, right? It's like the day is over. We've wasted all of this time, money and effort. And the guy is super cool. He's just like, he's so oblivious to the worth of the worth of this mill and just being a nice guy. And I kind of feel bad for taking advantage, but he got what he wanted. So I'm, I'm happy. So I say, okay, listen, I'm going to try and come back tomorrow. I have to go weld this thing back on yada, yada. Let me come back tomorrow. And on the way home with an empty trailer, We are about 30 minutes from his house, about 30 minutes from my house, halfway, and the trailer blows a tire. Like, not a flat tire, like an exploded tire. Zero tread is left on the tire. Like, like you see a truck tire blow up in front of you, and you have to swerve to get out of the way of the giant pieces? That's what happened to this trailer. 
Tom. Yeah. Um, did you bother to ask the the Woodbury blacksmith if he had been storing gremlins in that trailer? <sighs> no, I didn't. I didn't think it was relevant. Yeah, that that uh, that might have been something you should have asked him. Well, now that you bring up potential reasons <laughs> and causes for catastrophe, I wasn't going to bring this up, PJ. I was. I was going to just let it lie. I wasn't even going to, but here you dragged me into this. I, I called PJ that day, the day before I went to pick up the mill and I said, Hey man, I got a really good deal. But before I tell you, I need to ask you, <laughs> I don't know if I asked you if there were superstitions I might've about telling you, you asked me if it would curse the deal, if it would curse the deal. If I told you about this deal, this pending deal, would it curse the deal? And you didn't even hesitate. You said, nope. No. And I was like, you know, that seems a little self-serving because you just want to hear the deal. And he's like, no, not at all. It's not a problem. And I, I trusted you. I, <laughs> I, 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 I trusted you. And, and shame on me. Shame on me. Anyways. I have one question, Tom. Yeah. Where, where is the mill now? I'll get there. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's more to the story. I'll get that erroneous, erroneous. <laughs> so uh, the tire blows, exit to Connecticut, like just over the border from New York. There is the visitor center coming up on my right, and I pull off into the visitor center, and I went into the really cool part of the visitor center that says tractors, tractor trailers only, and I went into there because I was I had a trailer. It was cool. <laughs> and I... <laughs> and you have a tractor now, too. <laughs> Yeah, I have a tractor now too. So technically, <laughs> no. What I what I love is the fact that all the tractor trailer drivers are now cool because Tom decided that that was the cool section. Yes, you're not allowed in that section unless you have a trailer. Right, right. And you can and you can say, oh, but this is a tractor trailer. I haul my tractor on this trailer. It's therefore it's a it's a tractor trailer. <laughs> exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. So back to the story. So I pull into that tractor trailer only part. Like it's not my first time. I have like supreme confidence here. And I pick one of those really cool big lanes. It's like you just, it's like your whole thing fits in the, in the parking spot. And then you can just pull through every spot is a pull through bonus. You know what I'm talking mm -hmm. about? So I call up the blacksmith. I go, dude, what do I do? He's like, uh, I don't know. And for a moment he goes, uh, leave it. Take the plates. <laughs> so he's he's prepared to just ditch it he's like just leave it it's not even worth trying to fix it and like try like because if you have to get it towed you're like 500 bucks in you gotta call a, a, a flatbed right and like the trailer's barely worth that and I'll tell you what it's worth in a moment just stick with me here <laughs> so I leave it overnight about 13 hours and in the morning I'm like, how am I going to, I can't change this tire. Like the bolts are probably rusted on. Like, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this in the parking lot. I need, you know, I just couldn't wrap my head around even attempting to do it. And I finally go, you know what? I'm just going to drive it. So I didn't say this before, but it's a dual axle. So there's four tires. Three of them are working. One of them is missing. And it's not meant to be driven that way. The, the way the suspension is the two tires kind of seesaw on each other. So I look up, granted, this is a Sunday, so nobody's open for anything, but there are two places open on the very next exit. I jump on the highway with this thing. I throw my hazards on, I stick in the shoulder, which there really isn't a shoulder in this part of Connecticut. 
and I get off the exit and I go to the tire place and I go, I need a tire. He long, I'm going to shorten this part. He had four used tires for my trailer. They were 60 bucks a piece. I said, give me four because there were two other tires that were just as bad as that one that was blown. And I get four new tires for this thing. I end up making a deal with the blacksmith and I bought the trailer. I I just put $240 worth of tires. Maybe he was going to pay me back for that. Maybe not, but it's a relationship I care about. And I just wanted to preserve it. Like I didn't want to have a, a thing over it. Right. So I buy the trailer for, we, I, he wanted like 1200 initially. I was like, well, why not like 1200 minus the cost of these tires I just did. And that's kind of what we settled at. So I got 1240 into this trailer. It's a pretty decent trailer. It's got a winch. Well, it doesn't have a winch at the moment. If you recall in the story, the winch ripped off Mm -hmm. next morning. I, Oh no, that same day I go and, uh, weld the hell out of this winch. I get it all set up. I go to fix the tailgate, but it's too far away from the welder. We're doing this outside. We drag the welder outside and it's too far away. I can't weld the tailgate. I go, Oh, let me, let me grab your truck and move the, the trailer. So I can, uh, so I can reach and I get in his truck. I back the truck up to the trailer. I'm looking behind me and he like, he's like flagging me in and I'm like, great, I'm there. And he's just standing there. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I need the hitch. (laughs) The hitch was at my brother's house. (laughs) I left it there with his truck. So I couldn't drag the thing over. It was such a nightmare. (laughs) It was a nightmare. I go back the next morning. It's too windy to weld outside. It is very windy. And you just can't weld in the wind in our conditions. I tried putting up a little barrier. Didn't work. Um, So I go, what am I going to do about the tailgate? And he just happens to have about a four by four foot piece of three sixteenth steel, like a sheet of steel. So I go, that'll work. We'll just lay it on there. Because the whole problem was friction. Like we needed something smoother to, to pull it up on. Uh, that evening, my brother's available. I borrow his truck with the not yet paid for trailer that I own. Almost. We drive down to Port Chester. The mill is now perfectly primed to go on a trailer. So I back the truck up again for a shot. I'm a pro now and we winch it up and I just drag it. I just, I'm like, this thing's coming up here on its side or on its feet. I don't even care right now. It's coming with me because worst case scenario for $50, I will sell one part and get $50 back. It got up. No problem. First try zipped right up the thing. And then it got up to the top and it landed on the wooden planks of the trailer. And my brother's like, Oh, you want to, you want to put pipes under it? And I went, Nope. And I just hit the button and just dragged it on the wood. And it was perfectly fine. Dragged it up past the axle. So I don't die. And I own a mill. I own a mill. And a trailer. I own two mills. I own two mills and a trailer and a winch. Oh, let me see. Tires. Two, oh, 260 I paid for tires because I gave the guy a $20 tip for saving my life. The mill was 50 bucks. The Oh, while I'm there, the first time, the guy goes, do you want any of these tools? And he brings out this plastic bucket with like just rusted metal. Like it wasn't even full wrenches. It was like pieces of wrenches and homemade welded wrenches. And I'm like, yeah, what do you want for it? He's like, I don't know. I was like, I'll give you 10 bucks. He goes, great. I just bought it to make this guy happy because he's giving me a $50 mill. I would have paid 50 bucks for that bucket of junk. All right. Winch, 380 bucks after tax. 
That's se- I'm up to seventeen hundred dollars right now. Uh, gas was at least a hundred dollars. I think I spent almost one hundred twenty dollars on gas, and uh, that that was the most expensive fifty dollar meal I ever bought. All right, now I'm gonna I'm gonna change your perception on this whole ordeal, Tom, because you thought that uh, the deal was cursed because you told me. Oh, it was cursed. There was curses in cursing. No, no, no. It's still a pretty good price for a working mill. See, you're you're you don't see it because it happened to you. But let me give you a different perspective. Had the welds not broken, and you actually did winch it up onto the trailer and got onto the highway, and that wheel blew. Not only would you have lost the mill, that thing might have pulled the entire truck off the road and you could have died. (laughs) Okay. I know. So that was very fortunate that that happened. That was some divine movement to prevent that accident. Seriously. That's like. He's got a point. You've got a mill, a trailer, tires, and your life. Yeah. Yeah. So. And a winch. And a winch. And a winch. I borrowed the battery out of the blacksmith's other truck. To run the winch. <laughs> That's how rigged up this operation was. Hey, you do what you got to do. I had squeeze. I brought squeeze clamps to connect the the, the leads to the battery. I just squeeze clamped them on. Uh, what a nightmare. Hey, uh, I mean, uh, just just a real quick aside here, and then I'll let you get back to the rest of your haul. Uh, you remember I talked about the Walker Turner drill press last week that I got from the steam pump factory. Well, Kyle came over on Saturday to help me move that. And um, uh, the, the other guy did not show up. So it was just the two of us and his uh, engine crane. And it took us five and a half hours to get Ugh. this thing out of the truck and, and placed properly on the workbench. When we lifted it out of the truck, the truck bed rose six inches. <laughs> this had to be like four or 500 pounds. This thing was massive. It's got to be like the most, the heaviest drill press I own. And it's like half a drill press. It's a gang mount. It's not even like you know. So anyway, um, I, I we we did we did what we had to do, and there was a lot of there was a lot of talk of oh no, we, somebody's gonna die if we do that. So <laughs> that that I so yeah, you you do what you have to do to move these heavy things. It's but a lot of it is like mm, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> and you have justification for a flux core or a, or a stick welder. Yeah. You know, you'll be like that time that we had to weld in the wind and it was such a problem because it it, it was difficult to weld and it was windy and I, I, I definitely need a new welder. Right. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. I have one more partial deal here, which I will elaborate on next week in Dealer's Corner because it just happened. I just got back at like 7.10 and we usually start recording at 7. Well, we usually start talking at 7. I don't know when we record. It's still, the stuff is still on my trailer in my driveway, still strapped down. I literally ran inside and joined you guys. But I went to pick up a surface grinder, a reed surface grinder. If you don't know what that is, go look up Tony Rouleau, Hillview Wooden Metal. And he's got, I think, the same one or very close. Um, and he he had three surface grinders listed and all the ad said was $150 and I said 150 for all three or each one and he said each one and I said great deal so I said when can I come and I and I went right away grabbed my brother's truck grabbed my new trailer that I don't own yet because I haven't paid for it or changed the registration for 30 minutes out 
saw the guy. He owns, and he's it's closed, but he and it's uh, he's selling off all of his machines. But he owns a screw a screw making company. Like he has like twenty screw machines in there. Those are like these really big lathe looking machines, but they have like like a rail gun set up. There's like six pipes that you can feed material into, and the thing just pumps out. Um, you know, features on round stock, essentially. So I went and I looked at the machine. I said, I'll take this one. It's the nicest one of the three. And he said, this one's $200. And I said, no problem. And I said, what else you got? And he pointed to a few things and I just didn't have the money on me. So I said, when I come back on Friday, I'm going to buy more stuff. But I picked up today. I paid for the surface grinder. I bought an old Atlas drill press that looks just it's beautiful. It's coated in oil. This whole shop is just like drenched in oil. Um, I also picked up a grinder on a pedestal and there is, it's so dirty and so old that there are just no markings visible. And I don't think there are markings even if I clean it up, but he just flicked it on because it's plugged in and he uses it. And the thing just, it whispers. It's so silent and so big uh, it's got to be at least one horsepower, at least, if not more. Those are the best ones. So I said, yeah, I mean, it just purrs. It wasn't even attached to the pedestal. It was like on a piece of wood on the pedestal and like nothing moved, nothing rattled, nothing shook, nothing vibrated around. It was just a perfect, a perfect, uh, piece of machinery. So I grabbed both of those two things, including the pedestal. And, uh, he's got a huge gantry that goes out over like a shipping dock uh so i pulled the trailer right up and he just moved them out and lowered them right onto the trailer which was beautiful and he's going to do the same thing for the service grinder but uh we couldn't he couldn't get it out of where it was he said i have riggers coming either tomorrow or thursday to move things around and he said come back friday or saturday let me know uh, to actually pick this thing up, but he was letting stuff go for pretty cheap. And, uh, do you want to know how much I paid for all three of those items? Yeah. 300 bucks. Wow. 300 bucks for the, That's the grinder, the pedestal and the drill. Yes. Very nice. No. And the surface grinder. Right. Right. Yeah. The, the surface grinder, the one horsepower ish grinder with the pedestal and the drill, the drill press. That's a deal. 300 bucks. For sure. That is a deal. He had a really nice Buffalo tapper. It looks like a drill, pre- you know, a benchtop mm-hmm. drill press, but it's a tapping machine. Um, I forget if he, maybe he said 75 bucks. Oh. And I just didn't want to say yes because I didn't have the money, but um, I'm going to buy so much more. He's got a mill there that's going to a buddy's shop because he has access to his buddy's shop. But he had like buckets of R8 collets. And I'm like, I need R8 collets. He's like, oh, you can have them. You can not have them, but... Uh, I need to get a set out f- to go with the mill, and then you can pick through the rest. So I'm going to get some more stuff from this place. Do you know uh, what what voltage is the bench grinder running on? Uh, well, it should be 110. And do you know what size the wheels are? Uh, not, no. Be- I mean, they're at least 8 inch, if not. They're probably at least 8 inch. Um, the, I mean, one of the wheels on it is like 3 inches because he used it. there's like a nub on there (laughs) so i don't know but here's the thing i haven't really even looked at these tools i just said yup 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 and and like got out of there i didn't even i didn't investigate he told me a price i saw the shape of a drill press and i said good 
Like that's as much in depth I went into these things. So you need to get so, there early the day you're picking that stuff up and like snoop around and you know. Yeah, I'm like I'm gonna bring two grand and I might come home with a screw making machine. I don't I don't know yet. It's gonna get it's gonna get real. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, you know who'll buy that screw making machine? Who? Chris Zepp. He doesn't have one. Right. That's but that's the only reason I want one is because he doesn't have one. <laughs> he doesn't know this, but we are in competition. He doesn't know it. Well, he knows it now. Well, he knows it now. Yeah, you have to get back. You have to get back before this episode airs. I'm, I think he. I well, I, I think he underestimates me because he should. But I'm uh, I'm I'm gonna catch up pretty quick. I mean, he did just up. Uh, he did just get a skid steer. I technically don't have a skid steer, and by technically, I mean I don't have one at all. But you did buy a tractor. I did buy a tractor, and he kind of just one up to me. I mean, whatever, man. Whatever. It's cool. It's cool. I mean, those tractors, you know, you can put the little attachment on there and get like a little uh, dumper and some forks and stuff. I mean, you could turn it into like almost a skid steer. That's that's nice of you to say, but not my tractor. Not this one. You can't put anything on it. <laughs> trying to help, Tom. Trying to help. I know. I know you are. I know you are. Thanks, man. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> and, and and by the way, if, if you make it there by Friday, Chris definitely won't beat you because that's when we release. So uh, th- he won't hear the podcast until right. Friday. So. No, I was already talking to him today. He already knows all the things. <sighs> Dang him for watching my <laughs> <laughs> Were those deals hot enough for you? You got a sizzling deal that's burning a hole in your pocket? Send it in. Maybe we'll read it on air. Tanda, what is your personal history with hammering? personal history with hammering like you said at the beginning of the show i think everybody you know kind of picks up a hammer and starts you know banging on things or they have one of those little like stools with the pegs that you hammer through or something as a kid so i don't know the the only hammering memory i have is we had this kind of rubber mallet had an orange handle and, a, and this rubber um mallet that was probably just for you know like maybe breaking tires off of rims or something. I don't know why we had it. But I can remember being really little and making little, little like mountains of dirt out in our shop. And our shop was really, had this really fine dust in it because it was a metal shop building with a dirt floor. And it was like the dirt just kind of filtered in. So the dirt was really fine. And I remember making these little mounds of dirt and then whacking them with that hammer and for some reason, I thought that was really interesting because it left this little kind of rounded top thing and it made this nice puff of dirt. And uh, <laughs> I, I must have been pretty young because, uh, you know, by the time I was, you know, 21, 22, you know, I'd kind of bored of that. No, I, 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 I don't know. I was probably I was probably six or eight years old. But I I remember uh, I remember out there just like making little mounds and whacking this with big rubber hammer. And it was it was fascinating. I mean, I mean, who hasn't whacked a mound when they were a kid? I mean, come on, let's let's be honest. That's here. that's true. And we made little volcanoes. That was that was the air compressor. We'd run tubes from the air compressor into these kind of like little dioramas made of of dirt and stuff with with tubes hidden underneath them, so we could have little live volcanoes. Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't remember having any uh, any major um, interaction or or you know with having hammers growing up. Well, what about as you got older? Any any interesting hammer stories? Um, 
Any wisdom? Not, not really. I mean, I have, I have a hammer that I found that has a nice, and, and was there some superstition about finding a hammer? I should know this because yes. it could be good yes. or bad, I, I, or I should throw it, or maybe I should hang it on it a says, cat or something. It says, it, to find a hammer means one will have luck and long life. Oh, I'm, I'm good. I'm good to go. I can yammer on forever because I'm going to have a long life. Um, but I found a hammer that was just a kind of a, almost like a little pickaxe hammer, like a, like a gym hammer or something. It's got a square face and just a single um, claw on it, like you would use for, you know, kind of chiseling, but it has a really nice leather wrapped handle. And I found it, oh, probably my uh, early college, just out in the, in the dirt somewhere. I still have it to this day. And uh, so that, that's my lucky, lucky hammer. Well, it, according to the superstition, it is a lucky hammer. For sure. So yeah, so I have that one, and then I'm I'm looking for one to to leave in the window seal. It's, it's I mean, who who doesn't wish they could find a lucky leather hammer? That's uh, that's I mean, I wish I had one of those. Uh, but Tom, Tom, do you have a personal history with hammering? Of course, I'm not going to talk about my early my early interactions with hammers, but I'm going to tell you about the time. I realized that hammering was an art form and that was only, it was just less than five years ago when I approached, I think I saw a samurai carpenter video where he made the chisel handle for the chisel that Alex Steele made him. Mm -hmm. So I of course clicked on Alex Steele's video and went, Oh, blacksmithing's a thing. I got into that. Like I get into anything and I reached out to a local blacksmith happens to be the Woodbury blacksmith and didn't know he was here. Didn't know blacksmiths were a thing, honestly. And I said, I sent him an email. I said, Hey, before I give myself a YouTube, uh, education, I thought to ask if there was, if you did classes or apprenticeships or anything, I just, I was like open to any option. And he said, come into the shop. Uh, I'm busy this week, but come in Monday at 8am. And I said, okay. So I asked my mother to watch my kids uh, kid at the time. And I just showed up at eight and he was late. He didn't show up till nine. I think he went, forgot about me and went to a job, uh, to measure something and then showed up around nine. And I just kind of hung out. Right. I just, I didn't know what the arrangement was. I didn't care what the arrangement was. It just went. And I was like, I'm here, whatever you want, you know? And I did that for two weeks, two weeks straight, Monday through Friday, eight to four ish, whatever. And then at the end of it, I said, hey, man, I uh, I need to make some money or I can't keep coming here. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was literally, I was good with it, right? I was like, I can bring value a number of ways, so let's figure out those ways. So anyways, when I when I watched him work, and then, he, like, on day two, he, he goes, hey, I'm going to be done over here in a minute. He's at the anvil in the forge. He's like, I'm going to be done in a minute if you want to come over here and, and do something. I was like, uh, yeah. Yeah, I want to do something. Uh, all right. So he lets me just like go. He doesn't tell me what to do. Doesn't just nothing. No. He's like, you're allowed to stand in this space now. So do that. And I had watched some videos and I was like, I'm going to make a J hook. I know how to do this. This is great. So I start hitting the thing and I'm like, this is, this is nothing like anything I have ever done before. Hitting hot metal is just, it's, there were no 
correlations between any other skill I'd ever done before. Like even working with clay or work, like it was so different and it was nothing like hammering a nail, right? It was just so different. And the, the way you hit something and where you hit it and the angle you hit it was so nuanced. Um, it was really eye opening. It was really, really cool. And, and immediately I'm like, this is, this is art. This isn't, this isn't even a, well, it's a skill, but there's a lot more to this than it looks like. And that was really cool. That, that is really cool. And, and cool that you just uh, up and decided, hey, I'm just going to do this. Pulled the trigger, did it, and, and have that experience to show for it. And so many people just would never, never do that. Yeah, I, well, I just have no shame. I mean, fear. I have no fear. Uh, what was really cool... And this is a pretty this humble brag moment here, but after I was there for like 20 minutes hammering away at the thing and doing the stuff, he goes, all right, I'm going to give you one chance to tell me the truth. And I'm like, what? Like, I'm like, why? Like I was, I was taken off guard. I was like, what happened? Well, like who, who lied? <laughs> My long-term and- play is to get a trailer out of this. I have to tell you now. <laughs> <laughs> Five years from now, I'm going to yeah. borrow your trailer yeah. and then I'm not going to give it back. I'm never giving it back. Yeah. So I'm like, what? He goes, uh, have you ever done this before? And he thought I like worked for somebody before and like had a falling out. And now I'm working, like trying to work with him. I'm like, no, I was like, I've never even seen an anvil before this, like before now, uh, in person, obviously. I mean, I watched Looney Tunes. Not, not, a, not a weirdo, but <laughs> it was just so validating that like I was doing something right. And like, that was the ultimate compliment that he thought I was lying to him. <laughs> so that's, that's my hammering story. I mean, that's, that's like a significant moment in my making life. Yeah. And he probably got another week of free labor out of you after that. And I still give him free labor. <laughs> But I stole his trailer, so it's fine. Sidebar. Tanda? Yeah. Does does Tom not realize he already told this entire story like about 15 episodes back? Uh, it, no, I don't think he does. Yeah. And that's fine. You know, we have we, we get new listeners all the time and, you know, and maybe we have some listeners with poor memories. So it's good to have a little refresher every once in a while. I, I know. That's why I didn't interrupt him. I figured, you know, he's he's having a moment. I'll just let him run it out. You know, he's going to get tired eventually. So We can do this every 10 shows. It's fine. It's a good story. Well, I'm sure we're going to hear it again as soon as we get to the blacksmithing episode, you know, because the, the, he's going to bring it up, right? That's true. That's true. Oh, look, he's back with his candy. Oh, he's got Fun Dip. Mm. Hey, hey, Tom, did you bring Fun Dip for, for yeah. us? Yeah, I got a whole box. It's actually right here. Oh, my God. Come and get it. Well, thinking about hammering, <clears throat> I got to say, I am not a fan, not a fan of hammering. When I was a kid, uh, my father, I, I remember being in the basement, which was where the workshop was in the house, and my father was doing something. I must have been maybe five or six, and he gave me like a piece of wood and a hammer and some nails, and he's like, here, and I'm like, what do you want me to do with this? He's like, hammer the nails into the wood. And I just looked at him, I'm like, why? <laughs> what What purpose does that serve? 
Why am I hitting these small metal things into the wood? And he's like, just do it. And I'm like, all right, all right, I'll do it. So I did it, and then I was done. I'm like, all right, I'm done. He's like, all right, and I hit some more nails in there. And, and I, I, was, I just didn't get it. I was like, I don't understand. Because it wasn't making anything, right? So to me, it was like I was used to making things. Even at that age, I was like, you know, let me make something. And that carried through for into my adult life. Like I never liked nails. I always liked screwing things together instead of nailing them together. And there came a point where all of a sudden the romanticism kicked in. And I found square cut nails. And as soon as I found square cut nails, I'm like, oh, these things are not like the others. And I started collecting square cut nails, not not like old ones. I mean, like boxes of new ones that were unused. Um, and then once I had the boxes of new ones that were unused, then I started collecting the used ones wherever I found them. And uh, And I've got a container of used ones that I've picked up from various houses that I've lived in. I just keep putting them in the same container. And when I decided to start my YouTube channel, one of the first things that I did was I built a workbench out of salvaged two by fours and pallet wood. And for the most part, it was screwed together. But if you look at all of the, the way that I did it was I built like a skeleton, like an internal skeleton. And then the outside was faced with pallet wood really like beautiful i think i had like uh maple and walnut and um, ambrosia maple and a few other kinds but i didn't want to show any screws because i thought that wouldn't look good so what i did was i pre-drilled all the holes and then i hammered in square cut nails so that's what you see it looks like the whole thing is nailed together because that's all you see there's no screws visible anywhere and that is probably the last time i nailed anything at least, you know, <laughs> as far as using a hammer. I use a hammer all the time, but I don't use it for actually f for nails. I'm always using a hammer to, like, persuade something into place or, you know, to, to pop something out with a chisel or, you know. I, I, I have – I can't remember exactly when, but at some point my mom gave me a box of my Pop-Ops tools, and in that – set of tools was a claw hammer that was my pop-ops hammer that had his initials sort of indented into the head it wasn't really like nicely carved it almost looked like he took like a, a chisel or a nail and sort of just like kept hitting it to get like uh jp uh into uh the the his, his name was um john patoksky so it's a reverse of pj but anyway that is my favorite hammer. I still have it, and that's my go-to for almost anything I need to hammer, uh, unless I need something super heavy, and then I'll I have a couple of handheld sledges that I'll use. But mostly, what I use is I I made some HDPE mallets. If you want to consider a mallet a hammer, and that's what I use most of the time in the shop. Uh, I would say I probably use those more than I use anything else. But again, not really to hit nails. I just, I use them for persuading things. And that's it. That's like my hammering experience. It's not really anything um, extensive. I have, I have a, a story that tells probably more about my, my weird personality than hammering. And I have a, a tendency, and I don't know if this is good or bad, to just adapt to whatever's in front of me. And it doesn't, if I have a broken tool, 
and I can still figure out how to use it, I'll just keep using it. I might use that tool for like 15 years broken and I just adapt to how to use it broken. And I had a hammer, I probably still have the hammer, that I think someone had probably pulled so hard trying to get a nail out with the claw portion of the hammer that that the head of the hammer was angled down. So if you were <laughs> holding the hammer, the head of the hammer was kind of angled down. And so if you picked it up and you thought it was a regular hammer, then, I mean, you were going to just make a mess. You were going to bend the nail. It was going to hit and go off funny. But I learned to hold that hammer, you know, with the handle kind of down below the level of where you were hitting it. And, and still to this day, if I pick up that hammer, I know how to use that hammer um, to hammer a nail. And if anyone else picked it up, they would probably just throw it away or beat me with it. Awesome. But I keep things around like that and I just adapt to how to use them and just keep using them. And and there are things that might cost me five or ten bucks new and I'm still using the broken one and adapting to how to use it. So you have a droopy head hammer. I have a droopy head hammer and I've learned to droopy hammer with it. Not Not to be confused with a drop hammer. This is a droop hammer. If you go to uh, Johnson's Hardware, they have uh, Viagra for hammers. It'll clear that right up. See, and I'm just, I'm not interested. I've already learned how to use it <laughs> the way it is. Well, sucky darn, I think it's time for one of them old-timey commercial energy lubes and stuff. Y'all, you ever get to the job site and realize you left your hammer behind on a window seal to ward off evil spirits? Well, this is Edna down at Johnson's Hardware, and we have just the solution for you. Hammerless nails. That's right. Hammerless nails come in a variety of colors, and with their special torsional ramp design, you can insert them, remove them, and they're stealthy. Not a lot of banging going on. You can put them in without anybody knowing. And if you act now, you can get a 24-volt cordless hammerless nail inserter with our $15 rebate. Rush in today to patreon.com forward slash makerskills. What the heck, Nabbit? I need to get me one of them. Anyone know what street Patreon is on? I need to go. All right, it's time for crossbreeding. Tom, what skill goes well with hammering? Screwing. How does screwing go well with hammering? Well, when I use a hammer, it's usually to take out a nail that somebody else put in years ago so that I can then replace it with a screw. I, I can't argue that logic, but that's, that's true. Tanda? Airtight. What skill goes well with hammering? I would have to say design. You can't no. say design until episode 30, Tanda. Oh, I'm sorry. I just thought that Tom went blue right by and had like a legitimate answer, so I thought maybe you were totally off guard and I could slip that in. What skill goes well with hammering? I would have to say uh, probably pulling nails goes well with hammering because, uh, you know, it's, it's inevitable. Pulling nails is an action. That's not a skill. Pulling nails, <laughs> pulling nailing, pulling pulling nails. Well, that, that's like saying hammering nails is. That's an action. That's an action of the skill. That's not. That's not a skill. I, I was all prepped to go with design, and you just threw me off. So, uh, <sighs> I I think a skill that hey, goes. Hey, Tan- yeah. 
Tanda, I got. I, I'll I'll bail you out here. Yeah. Say something stupid like reading. Oh, okay. I heard that, Tom. Oh, you forgot to say sidebar. Oh, I forgot to do a sidebar. I'm so sorry, PJ. <laughs> That's not. That was that message was for somebody else. I'm sorry. That's yeah. ten demerits, Tom. That's ten demerits. Just they're stacking up. Okay, I'm ready. I, I think that I think a skill that goes well with hammering is uh, is eating. Because if you don't eat, there's no way you're going to continue hammering. Eating is not a skill, Tanda. Yes, it I mean, is. If you, no, it's not. Cooking is a skill. And eating is definitely a skill. Eating is not a skill. You can eat badly. It's not a skill. It's <laughs> If you can do it badly, it's a skill. Oh, my God. It's not a skill. What do you think speech pathologists do? That's like eating is like half of the job of a speech pathologist. It's a true story. I know things. Are, are you trying to say that speech pathology is the skill that goes well with hammering? No, eating. Eating's not a skill. It's a skill that goes well with eating. That's that's not a skill. It is a skill. It needs sometimes it, there are complications. It needs to be taught. It needs to be uh, adjusted, corrected, uh, manipulated. Uh, something else. There's a whole that you can go to school for eight years to learn how to teach someone to eat. Tell me, it's not a skill. Yeah, yeah, what school teaches eating, Tom? I don't know what kind of school speech pathologists go to, but that kind. Well, there are people with there are people with degrees in nutrition. They're all about eating. Y- yeah, you can you can go to school for nutrition. You can go to school for the culinary arts. There's no school that teaches you how to eat. That's horrible. Yeah, there is. No, there is. <laughs> what if you what if you do it what if you're doing it wrong? It teaches you how to teach other people how to eat. N- no, it doesn't. The best you could get is finishing school that teaches you manners. And even that school doesn't teach you how to eat. That just teaches you the order. And that's not a skill. That's 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 just... That, I that, think you just... You know what? Let's take a vote. Show of hands. Who thinks eating's a skill? Two to one. Yeah, yeah, there you have it. it. Doesn't ma- Moving on. Yeah, I've got two hands also. I can't wait. I can't wait to hear PJ's answer because no matter what you say right now... <laughs> This is not going to go well. It can't well. be better than eating. Really? It can't be better than eating. That's really? right. Yeah, whatever it is, I bet we can live without it. Blacksmithing. You can live without blacksmithing. That's hammering. What if you never developed That's the skill the same thing of, as hammering. of blacksmithing? It is not the same thing as hammering. Blacksmith is a separate skill. Pretty much. There's no school you can go to to learn blacksmithing, PJ. Yeah, you have to apprentice. It's called learning on the job. Right. There's no school that can teach you how to blacksmith. <laughs> to your logic, that was your criteria for something being a skill. So I don't want to hear it. That logic does not hold water, Tom. Blacksmithing is a skill. It's a, it's a skill that uh, is developed after after years of eating. That is true. That is true. Right? I know I know not a single blacksmith who who has gotten to where they are today without eating. That's true. You have to eat. You know how many times a day you do blacksmithing? One. One time a day. You know how many times you eat? At least three. That makes no sense, Tom. That doesn't count snacks and and fourth meal. If you blacksmith in the morning and then eat lunch and then blacksmith in the afternoon, have you blacksmithed twice and eaten once? (sighs) You know what? I'll give it to you. But that means it's still two to three, and you're outnumbered. You know that by that logic, I'm going to say that you know I breathe in and out about eight thousand times a day, and you can't blacksmith without breathing, right? Yes, you can. You just it's you just have to do it in really small intervals. <laughs> what? And 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 let me let me just bring this full circle real quick. 
if you're blacksmithing with someone else's hammer, you better not be breathing. That's true. That's true. You're not supposed to hit somebody else's hammer. I think I won this argument. I think so. I think this one goes in the Tom column. Definitely. Yeah. Well, the last part you won because that's a superstition. I'll give you that one. Uh, That's the only part that ever matters in any game ever played. The last part. Whoever's winning at the end. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right, all right, well, yeah, fine. Fine. Yeah. Tom told me just before we started this segment that if I took blacksmithing that uh, my lucky hammer would, would vanish. So... Why do you listen to anything that Tom says? I had to come up with something else. A curse on both your houses. Oh, my God. Uh, that, yeah, that's a... Uh, uh, you know what? Hey, look, it's time for a new segment. And now it's time for Ask Old Oswald. Ask me what? Who are you? Well, it's that time again, folks. Old Oswald is here visiting with us, and, uh, you know, we threw the question up on... Instagram to get your questions ready for old Oswald. Thank, welcome back, old Oswald. We we really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule on the farm. Yeah, sure. Uh, so why don't we uh, why don't we have uh, Tanda kick it off with the first question? Um, what do we got? We have a question from Clash Dashify. What's the best way to remove a gear from a shaft if a puller is too big to fit? Uh. Well, I mean, what? I, I'm not. I'm not sure. I understand the question. He's 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 got a big beefy guy that that can't hold on to the gear, and he can't. I've never had that problem. Usually, the bigger the bigger the guy, the easier it comes off. You just you, you just yank it real good. Um, uh, I, I don't I don't know if he's using his friend properly. Uh, you, you get a small, scrawny guy, he's not definitely not going to be able to get the gear off. Oh, yeah, I think that uh, maybe he's calling his friend a puller, and he just doesn't have one. Y- y- that, that, that's what I'm saying. Um, you're, you're saying if you don't have one, you, you don't have a friend, then you're just out of luck? Pretty much. I mean, unless you can get it off there yourself. I mean, but usually it takes two people. One one person got to hold the thing, and then the other person's got to pull. I mean, that's that's just the the general physics of the whole or arrangement, you know. I mean, if you could do it yourself, then there wouldn't you wouldn't have a need for a puller, would you? I, you know, you've got a point there. That that's true. Well, is there something? There's any? There's nothing you could substitute for a friend? A hammer or a tractor or well i mean uh, there was one time back in 63 where i couldn't find a friend i used a donkey a donkey well that's an answer for you you just round up a donkey and you're good to go i had it was an elaborate contraption to get that uh to get that uh donkey moving properly but um i mean eventually we got it working well there you have it there's your answer I, I think that's a solid answer. Um, that 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 should, yeah, yeah. Let's 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 move on. Tom, what? Who's who's next? Yeah, here? I've got a really thought-provoking question from Ben Makes KC, and it's: Is cereal a soup? Soup. Uh, th- that's a strange question. I no, cereal's not a soup. Why not? Well, for one thing, I don't like cereal, but I do like soup. Well, that's that's kind of hard to argue with. You don't like any cereal? What about hot cereal? 
No. I don't like cereal. I've never liked it. It just... Do you like every kind of soup? Uh, no, definitely not. But I like all the soups my wife makes me. Mm-hmm. Every, every one. Mm. Oh, yeah. So, so Oswald, you're... you're I don't, I'm not sure I understand your basis for why... So, so, you're trying to say that soup is not... Cereal isn't soup because you don't like it? That's, that's the reason? That's my point. That doesn't seem okay. to make much Let's go with that. much sense. I, I I don't I don't understand how. That's some that's some very odd logic. Could you could you maybe explain that a little bit for us? No, well, Oswald. That that's like saying that's like saying you know, cats are not dogs because you don't like cats. I don't like cats. Little furry. Uh, so they're so they're not. <laughs> Uh, okay, um, I mean, it's an answer. It's uh, that's that's his answer. But let's let's let me let me get the next question here and see. Um, okay, so we've got a question from universe uh, the Universal Woodwork on Instagram, and he says, "Would you buy a hybrid tractor?" Well, I mean, um, I, um, I'm used to low riding tractors. I mean, that's how I was raised. Uh, I suppose if I got a higher one, uh, I could see better, but I'm not really used to driving them like that. I, I like them. I like them low. You know, I, I've always been particular to low riders, and um, so I'm I'm not really sure. I mean, I, I probably have to try one out. I'm, after, you know, 90 years of driving a low rider, I don't know that I'd like to be up that high. Yeah, and Oswald, I, th- I think his question was a hy- hybrid tractor. Are you familiar with the term hybrid? Yeah, yeah, that's that's when they breed them higher, so you're you're up you're up in, in uh, off the ground more. Well, no, no, this is not a breeding thing. This is uh, this is like a combination of of two things. I don't understand what you mean. You know, like a hybrid variety of something you might have there on the farm, but it's like uh, you know, a hybrid. Maybe it's a gas powered and electric powered tractor at the same time. Uh. What, 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 well, the gasoline turns all the, the motory stuff and that makes the electricity. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure I follow. I mean, they all got gas and electric. Well, that's, that's, it's true. I mean, if your tractor has an alternator on it or if you have a generator on your tractor, but this is more for like moving the wheels of the tractor with electricity. Well, so you, you you want you know, so so the electricity moves the tractor, and then, then what's the gas for? Well, the gas is for moving the tractor when the electricity is not moving the tractor. But that seems like an awful waste. Of, that's very confusing. Why why would you even bother doing something? Just just pick one and go with it. You know, I mean, this this person seems very picky. And they're, I don't know why. I don't, I don't like this kind of this. It's very confusing. Uh, no, I can see. I can see where you would be confused. But uh, you know, an electric motor has a lot of low end torque, and that might be good for a tractor. Well, you know, I've already stated I like a low rider. So you know, if it, if it, if it, if it, you know, it's got the low end torque. I, I might like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, can can I get the low end torque in a low rider? We'll look into that and see if maybe there's a low-end torque, low-rider tractor available. But I don't want a hybrid. I just want the low-rider. 
Okay, so you want like a low bread? Yeah, yeah, low bread, like like the kind they make at the pizza place. The low bread is good. I like that. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll maybe Tom can Google it. Yeah, like an unleavened. Google said, "Do you mean?" Google came back with, "Do you mean thin crust?" Oh yeah, there we go. Oh no, I don't like thin crust. It's it's too crispy. I like a little chewy. My my teeth are not as good as they used to be. Uh, all right, I I. I that's uh that's quite a quite a I don't know how we got on pizza. Let's um let's move on. Tanda, what's the next question for Oswald? Uh we have Shandy Baron Company Woodworks. How do you make the perfect grilled cheese sandwich? Multiple cheese, butter inside and outside, with a slice of ham? Oswald, I need to know. Oh, well that that's easy. I asked my wife to make it. That's how you make a grilled cheese sandwich, is you just ask your wife to make you a grilled cheese sandwich? Oh, yeah, yeah. Her her grilled cheese sandwiches are perfect. I've been eating them for decades. They're the best. Do you know what she puts on them? Do you know how she makes them? Well, she makes them with cheese. I'm not, I'm not a fool. Yeah, it makes sense. Grilled cheese sandwich. Yeah. And I, I assume she grills them. Well, quite honestly, I don't know how she makes them. She, she didn't let me in the kitchen. Well, you have, you have quite an interesting arrangement where you're never in the kitchen, she's never in the shop. Are you are you sure you have a wife? Of course I have a wife. If, if I didn't have a wife, I could do whatever I wanted to. I I mean, I mean, I I, I could do I could do whatever I want. That's not what I mean. I mean, uh, she's she's not going to hear this. She's standing there, isn't she, Oswald? She's she, she, she not going to hear this, is she? Anybody, anybody with a podcast player can hear this, and I'm sure if she's up with the times and and been playing with the grandkids and stuff, it, there's a chance. I, I, I might not be able to come back on here. I feel very, very nervous all of a sudden. Don't, don't, don't worry, Oswald. Don't, don't, don't worry. I'll, I'll have a talk with your wife um, and make sure that, and and all, all of your grandkids. Well, I don't know if I could talk to all of them. There's a lot of grandkids. I'll do the best I can, Oswald, to make sure that you're uh, you're you're safe. We don't we don't want anything to happen to you. Um, Tom. Uh, yeah, you want another? Yeah, yeah. All right, got one more from crafty crafty old wench. Why do we park on a driveway, and we drive on a parkway? Why are we driving? Who comes up with these twisters? Oh, I park in the driveway because that's where my my truck goes. It goes in the driveway. And I drive on the parkway because that's where the park is. Unless you want to walk the entire park, you got to drive. I mean, well, I guess if you had a horse, you could you could ride on the parkway. But uh, I, I don't I don't like taking a horse that far because then you got to find water for them. And sometimes they got to rest if they're tired. It's easier to drive through the park. I do have a I do have a follow up of my own. Why do we why are there tolls on the freeway? Government. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I like that answer, Oswald. I think uh, That's I think a great you can just answer. throw that out for That's, almost anything. Well, surprisingly apolitical. You just one word it, and you know we actually don't know what you really feel. But uh, you're right; it is the government. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Well, it was up to me. I wouldn't be paying for nothing. 
I, th- I think that's kind of how we all feel uh, as well. Nobody likes paying tolls. Yeah, I don't really travel. I mean, maybe if there were no tolls, I might go more places, but uh, I don't keep change in my pocket. Yeah, and I've been leery of it ever since I read that story when I was a kid about the uh, the, the three billy goats and the whole uh, you know toll bridge thing. That was that was scary. Goats are mean. Everybody thinks they're cute. Let me tell you something. Don't ever turn your back on a goat and knock your butt right over. They're mean. I got goats on the farm for years. And I always got one eye on them. Um, it sounds like there's a, a story there, Oswald. Did you have some sort of a goat incident? I don't want to talk about it. We'd really like to hear, Oswald. I mean, it was was it was it a recent goating? I mean, what, what exactly happened? Mine. Fine, fine. I was ten, and I didn't realize this goat was stalking me. I was getting water for the horses. He crept up behind me, and he gave me a good rumping. My head went straight into the water bucket, and I couldn't get it off. And it was hours before anyone found me. So you were you're wandering around your farm with a bucket stuck on your head for hours. That That's the whole story? No, that ain't the whole story. The goat kept chasing me. How do you know that the goat was chasing you? I mean, how would you? You can't see anything. How would you know that? Yeah, he kept running into me. So you're, I'm, I'm trying to picture this. You're running around your childhood farm with a bucket on your head, a goat chasing you. That, that, I can see how that could be really traumatic. So I'm, I'm kind of with you there. I actually think he was just the lead goat. I think there was others in on it, but I couldn't tell. I heard, heard noises, but the bucket made it real hard to distinguish things. I really think it was the whole herd, and they was. They was they had it in for me because I gave more corn to the chickens. So you're thinking it was like a goat conspiracy that they planned this whole thing? I'm not sure goats are that that savvy. You don't know nothing about goats, lady. Uh, I I I don't know enough about goats to really answer that. Uh, Tom, do you? No, I think we should. Uh, I think we should backpedal here and and uh, thank Oswald for his time, for his honesty. And um, that's it. Uh, absolutely. Oswald, we really do appreciate you coming on the show and, and answering uh, everybody's questions to the best of your ability. And, uh, and, 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 and as I stated, uh, I'll, I'll try to make sure that your wife doesn't hear uh, anything that was, was said here. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll try to make sure we bleep out anything that's going to be a problem. All right. Yeah. PJ, sidebar? Yeah. I I know you're kind of friends with Oswald and, and you talk to him from time to time and, and, and sometimes Tom and I kind of push him a little bit and uh, is there a chance he could just like go off and, and, and not come back and, you know, just lose it and, and we'd feel really responsible for that or is, it, is, is there a chance that could happen? Uh, there's a chance anything could happen. He's 107. There is no way to know exactly what Oswald's going to do. Okay, well, I just kind of wanted to, kind of wanted to bring it up because uh, I think sometimes uh, Tom pushes him a little bit, and and yeah, I, maybe we should have a talk with Tom about that because well, we would all feel horrible. I mean, but yeah, we'll have to talk about that off air. I, I I don't think this is the time, especially with Oswald 
you know, so yeah, yeah. Let's don't talk about yeah. it. Yeah. I just I didn't I didn't want to say it in front of Tom because I mean I, Tom would feel horrible. You know, he's he's very sensitive. That's true. Yeah. Oh, there he is. He's back. He's got his teddy bear. All right, all right, Tom. Uh, we're we're moving to the next segment. Oh, good. Whew. Good. Thank God. I think we might have tuckered old Oswald out. I need a nap. All right, it's time for short and sweet. Tom, you got anything to close out the show? Yeah, I have a dealer's corner tip. Uh, whenever I get a really good deal, and I just this past week got really good deals, everyone always asks, like, I never find these deals, they're not in my area, things in, in that vein. And you're not wrong, because I get them. I get them before you. That is the only tip. Get there first. So... The ABCs of junk hunting, always be checking, always be checking for deals and you will get them. If you've noticed most of my really good deals, I tell you that I found that deal within 14 minutes of the post or 20 minutes of the post or even shorter. And I do my best to lock in, like get the pull position on that deal any way possible. And then it's more likely that you'll get the deal. So Tom, exactly... How often would you say you're checking Facebook Marketplace for deals? Um, uh, so we've been recording for an hour and a half. I haven't stopped checking this entire time. That says a lot. That says a lot, yeah. Tanda, you have anything for short and sweet? I was trying to find it, and maybe uh, maybe I'll leave it as an exercise to the listener, but uh, I did this deep dive um, some time back, and... Uh, I found this uh, German film preservation project where they were taking old actual film and archiving it to digital, but a lot of it was just uh, old machinery and ways of doing things that they want to preserve. And one of them was restoring this water wheel driven power hammer. And it was just really interesting of how they how they took it apart and they moved everything and and rebuilt this uh, water wheel driven power hammer, which was really interesting. So I think you could find it if you looked up uh, like German film preservation project and power hammer. But it was it was really cool. They have a water driven power hammer. I don't think I've ever seen one of those before. Um, I've I've never actually tried to hit water with a hammer, so I, I've never really had a need for one of those, but it sounds interesting. Uh, I'm sure it, I mean, is it? I mean, I guess it was sort of a, sort of a belt-driven power hammer, but actually maybe not. It may have been just direct linkages from the water wheel to a, uh, to a mechanism that raised the hammer in. Well, I mean, were they hammering ice? Or was it just splashing normal temperature water all over the place? Oh, no, it was just hammering water. Yeah. yeah, that's that's what it sounded like. But if you hit water really fast and you know it's it's basically a solid. If your hammer is moving fast enough, water appears to be solid to the hammer. Are you guys talking about water hammer? Oh yeah, water hammer. Yeah, I, they they sell stuff that uh, will get rid of that. But uh, yeah. you know, it has nothing to do with hammers. I was very disappointed. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, especially if you're looking My to p- hammer some water and you you go get one. My plumber told me that I had water hammer. I got real excited, and then he handed me a three hundred dollar bill. What's what? And there was no hammer. I, I'm I'm missing something. What's water hammer, Tom? 
I thought that's what Tanda was saying. My doctor told me I had water hammer. It's when it's when you're uh, in baseboard heating when your valves shut off really fast. Uh, there's like a backlog of pressure, mm-hmm. and your pipes just bang throughout the house. Oh, we used to call that ghosts. Yeah, used to, but then we learned that it's something real, and not something fake. Yeah, ghosts. So you're saying that you can get rid of ghosts with a water hammer? <clears throat> I think that's what he's saying. I think you need a plumber. You need a plumber to get rid of ghosts. Named Mario. Gotcha. So you call a and plumber. He needs to be Italian. An Italian plumber named Mario can get rid of ghosts with a mm-hmm. water hammer? That's oddly specific. Am I following this? Yes. Well, you have to be looking at the ghost. If you look away from the ghost, they start chasing you. But then you can just hold B and run really fast away from the ghost. And I, I think that's Pac-Man. Maybe not. I, I don't know. Um, well, I mean. I've played Pac-Man. There are no water hammers. There are ghosts. I, I could have swore there was a hammer, like it was a flashing hammer in the middle of the screen. or You know, it came up like once a game and you had to get it before the ghost got to you. That was a cherry. Oh, cher- well, it's a cherry hammer. It's so close together. Mm, not really. Well, um, I'm going to say I knew that this episode was coming up um, for, you know, at least a week. So in, in order to get prepared, what I did, and I'm going to recommend that everybody else do, is uh, watch all of the uh, the Marvel movies with Thor, uh, because he's got Mjolnir, the the big hammer with the lightning and all that. And watch the Avengers movies also because it's uh, you know Thor's and the hammers in, in that movie also. And probably watch also um, uh, uh, Captain America: Civil War. Th- Thor's in that one, so so is the hammer. There's um, yeah yeah. I think pretty pretty much just watch all the all the Marvel movies, even if they don't have a hammer. And uh, that's my recommendation. It's a good, good recommendation, and maybe a couple episodes of This Old House. Definitely not, no. No, okay. Th- there's no Mjolnir in, in This Old House. He wasn't one of the Avengers? No. Norm? No. Norm the Avenger? N- Nor- Norm the Avenger? You're thinking of Odin. Oh, Odin. Odin well, Odin was in This Old House? No, no, Odin was in Thor, the Avengers. Odin was in Thor? This is strange. Well, now you're making it weird. <laughs> he was in the movie. Oh, he was in the... I didn't know there was a This Old House movie. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm moving on. Thank you for listening to this episode of Maker Skills. If you should need more skill information, you can find us on Instagram at maker.skills. You can also email us at makerskillspodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at PJ Galati, son of the junk hunter on Instagram and YouTube. You can find Tanda at Tanda Madison on Instagram. And you can find Tom at Infinite Craftsman on Instagram. We welcome any comments. Please leave us five-star reviews on Apple so that we can make more skill madness come your way. See you next time. And now for some nonsense. So apparently, when we were getting ready for the show, Tom and Tanda started off on this tangent about how new drills are better than old drills, and I don't agree. I just, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that's true. You're, you're, which is not true. Old drills are better than new drills? Wrong. I don't think, I don't think new drills are better than old drills. Isn't that, isn't that what I just said? 
I don't know. You yeah, I disagree. Yeah. Uh, well, what's your argument here? Why Why do you think? I think that the new drills are complete garbage. Drill presses. The drill presses we're talking about. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm going to talk about pressing all kinds of drills into stuff. But new new drill presses, I'll stick on that for you. The The new drill presses have so much technology in them. It makes using the drill press effortless. It makes your operations flawless. And it's the repeatability is is second to none. Mm, that's a that's a good point. Tom's got a good point. I mean, you're just not going to get that. First of all, yeah. See, Tanda's with me again, two to one. First of all, the drill press, the drill bit goes up and down in the same spot every time. That is the definition of repeatability. So I don't understand exactly how the new piece of garbage that's got you know the imports that are coming in are better than USA made cast iron like soul of america beautiful you know drill presses made out of cast iron instead of the plastic garbage that's coming in from china the chineseium he's got a point tom i think the old ones are definitely definitely better because they're i mean a drill press is a drill press it goes up and down i mean yeah i think i think that you're right pj the old ones the old ones are probably better i i i just I just, I disagree. I, I mean, I hear your point, but let me, you're saying the imports are garbage. No, I'm not saying they're garbage. They are garbage. Okay. What if you live in China? Your argument falls apart completely. <laughs> not, not at all. Because then the import, the import would be coming from America, which is what you're talking about. Oh, he's got you there, PJ. I mean, I think the imports are, the imports definitely went out. I hadn't thought of that, but you know, you can import a drill press from Germany. You can import a drill press from Japan. Um, you know, so you could, you could be importing a drill press to, to somewhere a really nice. You could import a drill press from America. Yeah. You could take your, to anywhere else. What You could import a 1940 Walker Turner drill press into China. I think the import argument breaks down. You're, you're missing the point here, Tom. I don't think I am. What they're using to, you're, you're, okay, look, they took all of our good quality American-made drill presses, sent them to China to make crappy drill presses to send back to us. So they're actually using good quality American tools to make the cheap stuff that they sell to us. I mean, it's it's not that the import is not the problem. The problem is the quality. Keep going. The quality is terrible. Keep going. You, you need a bigger shovel, or are you good? Uh, you good? Yeah. No, I think that. Uh, yeah, I think I think he's got you there, Tom. That they're they're using the good drill presses, and there's no way you can make a better drill press uh, with a without having a, the nicest drill press known. You can't make a better one. Let me let me get this straight. You're telling me that China is using the drill presses that you are claiming are superior. They're using them. Yep. And somehow those amazing drill presses are only producing garbage drill presses. So so your argument is that your drill presses can't make good things. That's what I heard. No. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, Tom's got a point cuz if you had the a really nice drill press, then you should you should be able to make at least a decent drill press. Maybe not a better drill press, but a but a really high quality drill press. One more thing, this proves my point. 
that only a hammer can make itself. A drill, a good drill press cannot make another drill, good drill press. <clears throat> These drill presses have <clears throat> been operating for the last 60, 70 decades in China without breaking. So right there, that's the quality. As for the quality of the products that they're making, they are designed poorly. So if you design cheaply made products, it doesn't matter how good the tools are that make them, you're gonna end up with poorly made products. They're made out of inferior materials. They're not using those drill presses to make more cast iron drill presses. They're making them out of plastic and silicon and, and you know, and dirt, okay? <laughs> They're terrible. Oh man, making them out of dirt. He's got you, Tom. There's no way if you're making a drill press out of dirt that, that you're gonna be able to make a decent drill press at all. I mean, unless you turn the drill press on its side and then it's kind of like a lathe and then you could make another lathe and then turn it back right side up. So you could use a drill press to make itself if you laid it down and then stood it up. I, 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 I'm sorry. I got to cut you off. You're, you're both, you're both lost it. You're telling me that you prefer a cast iron drill press versus the new stuff, but you don't use dirt to make those castings. Mm, cast iron is basically dirt. <sighs> You dig it out of the ground, you melt it down. You can't make a cast iron drill press without dirt. Yeah, you use sand. That's how you cast the iron. It's called sand casting. Nobody casts in dirt. Dirt and sand are synonyms or homonyms. I don't know words. Really, really. So what you're trying to say is that you can also heat up dirt really hot and make glass? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. If it's really sandy dirt. Sand is granulated glass that's how you can make glass dirt is dirt that's where you grow plants you shouldn't make anything out of dirt except food you didn't even know castings needed dirt to be made i don't think you are an expert on glass also you don't make castings with dirt you use sand or clay or or investment which is like plaster investment yeah what is what is what does the stock market have to do with any of this I'm not going to sit here and explain the stock market, Tom. Well, oh, if you if you invest in a in a good drill press, then it's definitely worthwhile. I mean, if you invested, you could afford a new drill press, and maybe this argument would go away because you'd see how good they are. Yeah, I don't want to invest in the new drill presses because they all break. They're made of garbage. Not to mention, I mean, I can't prove this for sure, but I'm almost positive that the the stuff that they're making in China. They're putting Chinese demons in the drill presses. I think I, I'm almost positive. I think that that's why they're all breaking. I, I mean, I, I, I've been on some message boards. People are talking about it, and I think that's why the American ones are still going. I mean, there's just there's no gremlins in them. Mm, the Chinese drill presses are made from uh, found hammers that have been melted down and then made into drill presses. All right, I have I have just one more argument for you, and I just want to clarify your position. You are telling me that the the old cast iron American built drill presses are better than any of the new drill presses. Yes. Okay. What about any of the new American made drill presses that are made right here in the US of A? 
Are they better than those drill presses? That's a trick question, Tom, because no one's making them in the United States. It's not a trick. Answer the question. Answer the question, PJ. There's no one making American-made drill presses. That's, of course there are. Oh, yeah, who? Who's, give me one company Uh, that's making an American-made drill press. (laughs) Well, I don't have that information on hand at the moment. Oh, you don't have that information, huh? You just happen to pull that fact out of the thin air with nothing to support it. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Tom's a master Googler. There's something fishy here. If he doesn't have that information, then 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 maybe it doesn't exist. Yep. Kent. You're telling me they're better than Kent drills. Who? Kent USA. KentUSA.com. I've never heard of that place. Not sponsored? Well, because you clearly don't care about Modern manufacturing in the U.S. Clearly, you're against it. Okay, so let me let me get this straight. You're you're trying to say that because I don't know some backwater company that's got five employees that's making drills in the middle of Louisiana, I'm un-American. That's what you're trying to tell me. Yeah, uh, actually, um, you said it much better than I did. So yes, that's what I'm trying to tell you. <sighs> I don't even know what to say that. I think I think PJ's against buying anything new. So I think this whole argument is kind of kind of out the window because uh, if you made a super high quality drill press today, it just I don't think it would have enough patina on it for PJ. What's patina? Is that pasta? Is that the little star pasta? Yeah, it's kind of like panini, but it's uh, it, Past- it's pastina. Yeah, it's got a little bit of copper in it. That's that's when you look up a beautiful woman's skirt, you see the patina. This went sideways. <laughs> <laughs> that was totally ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs>